Welcome into the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Overtime coming at you for the next two hours right here on Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller alongside Davis Ringy, producer Matthew, and in turn Bryson. Josiah Jordan James had some interesting comments today. We'll get to that in a few. NBA is back tonight. We're going to be giving you our top, or excuse me, our top five. See who is going to score 20 tonight. By the way, I was on FanDuel the other night as we were playing um, Texas A&M, trying to figure out who's beat us because everybody seems like they have as of late. And apparently you can do player props for college players now in Tennessee. Wow. Well, I know what my total is. Oh, buddy, take the under on everything. (laughs) (laughs) Every every single UT basketball player, under. Hmm. I don't even, yeah. Maybe every, uh, definitely Olivier, whatever his total is, under. Yep, and I guess uh, Tyreek Key, unless it's like two and a half, take the over, maybe. See, I don't think they're going to do like they do in the NBA where it's like every player is going to have a points prop, an assist prop, a rebound prop. Um, I think it's probably going to be probably, uh, if I were to guess, your top three players. So, like, we're going to see stats for Zakai, Kamwa, and Vescovy, and maybe Urosh. (laughs) <laughs> under rebounds. <laughs> under rebounds. Under, under rebounds. points. <laughs> over fouls. Yep. Over yeah. flagrant fouls. Even though there was none of those called ever in college basketball. Oh, my goodness. So, Alabama traveled to South Carolina. South Carolina students showed up last night. They were giving Brandon Miller every bit of the business and more. He still dropped 41. Even with all the noise around him. Even with all the criticism. You know... And, you know, maybe he is innocent. We don't know. We don't know everything yet. All the facts have not come out. But what we do know is you've got a lot of Alabama accounts. Obviously, the Barstool account is not affiliated with the University of Alabama. But they're out here, like, basically making a mockery of someone's death. Well, I mean, they tweeted yesterday at about noon, said, I can't wait for him to drop 40 tonight. And then they went right back at it last night, man. Yeah, he dropped 41. 41. Yep. His official stat line was 41 points, eight rebounds. One Didn't he hit the game winner in OT? Yes. Yeah, and both times the, and, and a regulation. Yep. But he, he walked. Should have never happened. He walked. So. Yeah, he, he walked like crazy. He took – I mean, he caught it, travel. His pivot, he moved his pivot foot about uh, 20 times. 20 t- I mean, it was ridiculous. I, I mean, saw, like, live my travel. Hello. Yeah, he moved, Hello. He moved from the three-point line to about six feet behind the three-point line. How many steps did he take in that sequence? It seemed like he – Got the ball, pivots to his left, plants that foot, and then pivots with the other foot, and then brings that foot back. Then he dribbles. He caught it, caught it, opened up right. His left, his left foot, his pivot foot dragged. Then he, then he jabbed. His left foot moved again. Just two. Yeah, then Just he two travels. I, he traveled at least three or four times. And I think when he caught the ball, he also shuffled his feet. Yeah, I mean, but he scored forty-one on twenty-five shots, which is pretty freaking impressive. And uh, eight rebound, eight rebounds and one assist. Ironic. Well, that's a really nasty situation. One thing to say about Brandon Miller is he's, I guess, mentally tough. Uh, if you can block that out, then yeah. I don't know what else. A lot more mentally tough than our guys who I think, came to dribble. I think some NBA scouts, I don't remember where the quotes were from, but they came out and basically said that uh, nothing's, they, changed. nothing's changed. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He said, "If he's cleared, he's uh, good to go." Basically. Well, I mean, that's the thing you gotta wonder about with some of these NBA franchises, because you know the Rockets are down; they've been down for a while. 
Uh, the Spurs, obviously, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili are not walking through that door. And they're looking for someone to absolutely just jumpstart their franchise. The Magic also. I know they got the Paolo Magic. and they're better this year, but they could add somebody like Brandon Miller and could really get going. But these guys, like if Brandon Miller – Brandon Miller was projected like mid first round, and this had come out. He probably would his 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 uh stats probably would tank. But I mean, he's just such an unbelievable player, regardless of uh what goes off goes on off the court. It's just uh it's pretty hard. You can't deny the talent. I mean, the talent's there, and obviously he knows how to block out the noise. And you know, there's a lot of rumblings about the basketball program right now. And Matthew, you sent a quote to us earlier uh, involving Josiah Jordan James. Care to read that off to us? Uh, yeah. Actually, no, excuse uh, me, that was Bryson. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. I'll be you want you'll need Bryson, it. Bryson, you got it. All right, I'll be it off. Uh, let me find it. All right, and I quote by the man himself, Josiah Jordan James, Whoa. said this Tennessee basketball team has quote unquote underperformed heavily in our mm-hmm. eyes. We're at a crossroads, or back, or against the wall. End quote. You don't say. Really? Hey, real quick, I just I wonder if Brandon Miller had come to Tennessee, would he have forty one points in four games? No. I mean, I, I don't think he'd be anywhere near what he is now. No, I mean that was an immediate no. Like that's probably one of the fastest no's you're ever going to get from me. Would he have it in ten games? He might have it in ten. Five. <laughs> I mean, how far is this range? Yeah, good lord, man. It all depends. Let's go right to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Fake Bob is first. What do you say, Fake Bob? Hello, fellas. How are you? Doing pretty good, man. So, um, there was a caller called in on the drive, and he asked a very good question, and I want you all to take off the orange glasses and then your personal feelings towards Barnes. What grade would you give Barnes this season? So far. A C? B minus, C plus. Yeah, I would say B minus because he has beaten – uh, Texas and beats Kansas. all the good teams, loses yeah. to the bad ones. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you got yeah, that's something you got to take into account. It's like yes, if you don't drop those games that you shouldn't have dropped, you're looking at a B plus or an A minus. Yeah. But you're looking at a guy that beat Alabama, beat Texas, beat Kansas, but then you turn around and you lose to teams like Colorado, Kentucky twice, Vanderbilt, Texas. A- well, Texas A and M's good team. Florida. Florida is who I'm really trying to get at. So, in my eyes. That's uh, probably a C plus, maybe even just a flat C. Yeah, I was thinking more like a B minus. Also, uh, they set a stat on the drive. Also, that like this whole season, they he's only had a full roster nine games of the season where everybody was available. And I, I mean, if that's the case with what he's done, I, I think you could say give him a pass on a couple games but like the games against Vanderbilt Missouri and stuff like that there's just no excuses for him not at all um, and I mean like uh, the caller was saying that like what or Russ was trying to say well he's got the most out of the talent that he has on the team but then again, he he recruited that talent. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, that's my thing. That's, I, I it, very like. I, I, I love Russell. I love Russell, but I, I've got to disagree with that because I mean, if you were getting the most out of Julian Phillips right now, he'd be averaging about twenty points a game, probably eight rebounds and five assists. And it all ultimately falls back. I mean, they were talking about it too. They're like, "Oh, well, you got to think Kentucky's frustrated, Arkansas's frustrated." Well, you look at both of those programs; they've had tons more NCAA success than we have. Eric Musselman, I think this is what maybe his third or fourth year. 
And he's been to the Elite Eight twice, I believe, already. Yes. And we've not even sniffed that. Rick Barnes not sniffed that in 20 years. No, Rick Barnes has went as far at Tennessee as Conzo Martin did. Put that in perspective. I guess he's gone. Yeah. yeah. And he hung up. But, I mean, I he, it's, okay, it's okay to BS around in the regular season if you make up for it in March. But you can't BS around in the regular season not do anything in March. It doesn't you work both just ways. just not make progress. That's the problem is we're not making any progress at all. I just hate I just hate that excuse that, you know, he's doing the best with the talent he has. That's his own problem. He created this problem. It's not like the NBA where you're not – the coach doesn't always have – he's not handpicking everybody. Sometimes the general manager goes over his head. But in college basketball, you have – you're the head coach. You have the ultimate final say of who you're recruiting, who you're giving a scholarship to, who do you not want, who do you want. And you really – you know, they're talking about it also, but they're like, oh, well, you got to give him credit too. I mean, he lost his starting point guard. Starting point guard now plays for the Grizzlies or the Hustle now. But yeah. Who's, whose problem is that? You got to plan for things like this. If you're going to recruit Kennedy Chandler, a five star, and he's supposed to be a one and done, you got to have a backup plan. Okay. I thought your backup plan was BJ. BJ's going to be either Zakai or BJ would be your starting point guard for this year, and they back each other up just like you did with Ziegler and Chandler last year, but you haven't done that. Or you could have gone out and got Yuri Collins, like we talked about, or um, who am I thinking of? Tyrese Hunter from Texas mm-hmm. now. Like you, you should have had these things planned out ahead of, ahead of time. Well, I mean, and you brought up a good point about the NBA and. Yeah, my thing with the NBA is, and Charles Barkley made this point, it's a great point, it's like in the NBA everybody wants to put the blame on coaches, but sometimes it's just players and bad general managers who get to go through several coaches before someone realizes the general manager's the problem. Yeah, that's the look, thing. Look at the Lakers. They won the bubble championship in 2020, and then the GM decides to completely change the roster around. Why would you mess that up? And all of a sudden Frank Vogel's the head of – it's his fault now. Yes, yeah. When Frank Vogel won a championship six months before, now they're barely making the playoffs, who, and it's his fault. Yeah, who's the If GM? they're making the playoffs at all. Who's the GM? Rob Palenka now. Yeah, Rob Palenka, I don't know what his thinking was. He got the championship with LeBron and AD, and that team was perfectly constructed because it was what LeBron needed. It was because the, the Nets and then got uh, James, Katie, and Kyrie. They're all about to be healthy, so that's why he freaked out. I don't know why. Team. Who knows? Let's get back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Philly is next. What do you say, Philly? Jake the Snake. Philly. That's pretty cool. You got Fight Bob to hang up with that great comment you had there. Pretty cool. I mean, I just call it like I see it, Phil. I really do feel like if he was getting the most out of Julian Phillips, he would be averaging about 20 points a game. I really believe yeah. that. What about the so – there's some other players on the roster not aren't being utilized. And, uh, well, Phil, they're not even seeing the floor. One of yeah. Pretty cool, you know. Yeah, well, Phil, I mean, it's not cool, but – you're spot on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I lost. This is the 15th anniversary of Tennessee beating Memphis and, be, and climbing the number one in the country. Did you know that? Yes, it is. That magical night down at FedEx. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a magical night. That sports bar was that trick shot to South Knoxville. They don't even exist no more. But <laughs> that's probably the most fun I've ever had outside of uh, going to the Elite And, of course, uh, I'll give Rick Barnes credit to beat Gonzaga and got number one. But that's all things he's ever done. I mean, Tennessee. You know, that's probably my favorite game of the Rick Barnes era was that win against Gonzaga. Gonzaga. And Phoenix, yep. That was a great, great game from start to finish. Admiral Schofield going up against Rory Hachimura. That was just peak college basketball for us. So what's these grades you had for Rick Barnes? I heard W, and I gave him, I gave him my uh, report card on Rick Barnes, and 
What's your alls on him? I said a C at best. I said C plus, B minus, yeah. leaning towards C. I said C. I'm in the same place. That's for the whole season com- or, uh, combined. I, I, I put it in three stages. Yeah, the pre, the early season, I gave him an A. Yep. Yep. January, give him a B. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, he did great against the the crummy teams in the SEC in January, and then he got to February start playing people. And, uh, of course, he's had a lot of bad luck. I agree with that. But uh, in close games, Rick Barnes cannot get it done. You know it, and I know it. I'll give him a D or an F since then. There you go. Yeah, February, February is probably a D minus, maybe. Like D he, minus. He's to the point where he's uh, – He's, he's, he's about on, to get kicked off the game. He's, he's on the I mean, when, when you get to number two and then you lose five out of your next seven, that's that's pretty almost a failure. That's Jerry Green 2.0 is what that is. Well, this similar, this game this year is very similar to Uncle Jed's last year at Tennessee. It really is because we started out the year, obviously you beat Chattanooga. I think we even beat Syracuse that year, did we not, Phil? Yeah. And that's when and Syracuse was great. We beat Alabama 30 points and then – we went. We took a nosedive the rest of the year in the SEC play. Golly, think about how much talent that team had, Phil. You had Tony Harris, Marcus Hayslip, Vincent Yarbrough, uh, Charles Hathaway was on that team as well. That team. Ron Slay. Ron Marcus Slay. Hayslip, yep. Yeah. Terrence Woods. I mean, that play, that team was loaded. Harris Walker is another one. Yeah, how can you lose with a lot of talent? <sighs> Golly. Maybe, maybe. I mean, Rick Barnes, hell, at least – Jed play him, and Rick Barnes lives right on the bench, you know? Yeah, and, you know, it's it makes you wonder, Phil, because Julian Phillips, his injury was a hip flexor. And it makes you wonder if he's going to pull a Zion and try to sit out a little bit longer than he should. Well, I mean, I don't, I'm not a medical expert. How, how, how painful is a hip flexor? I mean, I've had it. I've had it before. Probably not as serious as his, but I mean, it's pretty. It's just very like nagging and annoying. It's like if you try to play through it, it's you're not going to feel great. But if you take a little time, bit of time off, it should heal. From what I had. So Triple J's admitting that we're underachieving. Is that what he made it on uh, at the quarterback club? Sounds That's like pretty it. Pretty much it. That definitely is what he admitted to. Well, at least Rick Barnes, he's doing something Rick Barnes won't do. You're not wrong, Phil. Instead, we want to blame stuff that happened earlier in the game for something that happened on the final possession. Well, I mean, I do agree. The, the, the stupid We do come up with some stupid fouls. Uh, shoot, final three-point shooters, I know. I mean, any time of the game. But the bottom line is Texas A&M drove the ball in the hole and got fouled, and that's the reason why they won the game because we – uh, we don't have a team that can do that. We can't drive going there and get uh, the referees to blow the whistle because all we do is shoot jump shots. I mean, that's part of the problem, and everyone wants to say, oh, well, Texas A&M shot you know, twice as many free throws as we did, and that's why they won the game. It's like, well, do you know why they shot twice as many free throws? Because they're driving through the lane, they're getting to the basket, they're getting fouled. That's how you get to the free throw line, Phil. You have to drive to the basket. Phil, can I ask real quick? I know I'm looking at Jerry Green's Wikipedia. Why was did he get fired? It says he was resigned, but was that kind of like they forced him out, or why did he leave? Oh no, he got fired, dude. So okay, so Jerry Green went to the first round, second round, Sweet Sixteen, in a first round of four years here, but we weren't okay with yeah. that. But we're now okay with Rick Barnes' mediocrity. Like, where's well, what, what, what got uh, Jerry Green? Is he told the fans they could go to Walmart? Kmart. Going to Tennessee. Kmart. Well, whatever. That's what he said. 
as a direct quote, and that just upset the uh, UT fan base. Hmm. Well, maybe interesting. And once you lose the fan base, it's, you have to make a coaching change. I don't. I I, just, I still feel like Rick Barnes just doesn't like. He thinks we're idiots. Yeah. Would you say Rick Barnes still has the fan base here? The sheep. Well, they're, they're they're filling up the arena. As long as they're filling the arena up, they ain't gonna do anything. You know it, and I know it. It's all about dollars and cents. Jerry Green wasn't filling the arena his last year at Tennessee. Uh-huh. He was not. I guess the wool is just gonna keep getting thicker. Well, I'll tell you what though, it, it, it can fall off quick. Look at Fulmer. Uh-huh. Yep. Remember, there's a lot of parallel between Barnes and Fulmer. They're very similar, except Fulmer uh, flipped the championship. Yeah, and I mean, Philip Fulmer, yeah, he did great in the 90s, but you also have to, and you know this, Phil, just as well as I do. I mean, Johnny Majors had a good program, and then Philip Fulmer, of course, stabs in the back and takes programs to the mountaintop, but he never got back to that level. It was after the 2001 SEC championship game when we lost to LSU. He never got it back from that. He never recovered from that. And then he has the worst recruiting class ever. His last recruiting class, it's still the worst class we've ever had. And then Kiffin, he comes in. Has his guys, they all transfer out, and then Derek Dooley's left with a pile of slop. Well, I hate we're rehashing all this history, but if you don't learn from mistakes, you can need to make them over and over. Now, I do think Tennessee's got, uh, I really don't like Danny White, but I think Danny White's a good athletic director, just like uh, Douglas Adair, tall guy Dickey was, even though he just, just didn't care about basketball. Tennessee's athletic program was great back in the 90s. Uh, because he could control everything, and we had no problems with the NCAA. You know, now we Tennessee can NCAA. We have all kinds of problems. I mean, the baseball team can't even get a player eligible. What the hell's going on? Well, if Doug Dickey were the athletic director today, the NCAA would have never stepped foot on campus. Exactly. There wouldn't have no reason to. Matter of fact, he'd have probably stood up for Bruce Pearl when Mike Hamilton went to the press before we were going to play Michigan and say, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to be our coach next year or not. It's like, you can't say that and expect your guys to go out and perform. Do we think it's uh, just a compliance issue within our athletic department? I mean, now you got you had Cade Mays, Brew McCoy, now Maui Ahuna. Uh, who else? something going on. Yeah, like, Aubrey Solomon was one. Aubrey Solomon. Uh, who's the guy? Victor Bailey. He, he had a little mix-up. I mean, I, I just wonder, I don't know if – we need to get new compliance guys or something, but it's kind of odd that it's happened so often. Well, I wish that they uh, cared more about winning like me, Jake Snake, Matt, uh, Davis. And I get, is Bryson in there tonight, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, you got the full crew tonight, huh? Absolutely. Well, that's what I call championship guys wanting to win. Uh, nobody else wants to win around here. <laughs> I want to win. Three o'clock, three o'clock. Don't want to win. Just make excuses. We <laughs> tell the truth. I mean, that, your pop smoke it. See you guys. Love you. Love you too, Phil. That, that's all. We just want to win, man. That's yeah, all it is. That's, I, Simple. I'm, I just I want to be the best in everything. I mean, yep. we're almost there in football. Well, we're not there yet, but we're on the way. Baseball, we're pretty damn good. Basketball, we're just settling for upper tier mediocrity. Women's basketball's mid. I mean. They play South Carolina tonight, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's 7 o'clock. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll have that on in the studio. Oh, man. That's going to be... Oh. They're packed out. They have every cop imaginable over on oh. TBA. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a Memphis quote when we come back. Actually, you do that. It's actually hilarious. A Memphis quote. Yes, yeah, it's actually About hilarious. DeAndre Williams? Nah, man. Oh. About Keontae Kennedy. 
I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna screen that before we come back. Stay with us. More of your phone calls coming up. Back here on Overtime, Fan Run Radio, and back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines we go. TJ, the Kentucky fan, is next. What do you say, Tej? Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Pretty good. Did you say you thought Texas A&M was a good team? They are a good team. They're, what, 13-2 and in conference now? They're 13-2 in conference. Do you know who they played in conference? I don't know their schedule. I know it's pretty uh, front or back-loaded, excuse me. Well, uh, they lost to Walford. They lost to Boise State. They got beat by that Colorado team by 30. They haven't played Alabama. They barely beat Tennessee. They lost to Kentucky. So, they've beaten teams in the conference like Vandy and Auburn and Florida and South Carolina, LSU. I don't think Texas A&M – Looking at their record is as good as people think they are. Well, they have they have three ranked wins. I mean, I don't know at the time if if that counts because like Missouri was twentieth at the time. Now they're not ranked, and Auburn was fifteenth. I think they are still ranked, but they dropped since then. But I don't know how much the committee takes into that. But yeah, I would I would say we're probably their best win the other night. Without a doubt, number eleven in the country. That's yeah. probably it. What so, are those losses like December? Yeah, November and December. They're all terrible, like you said. So here's my thing, and and going into this a little bit with Rick Barnes, and you've got to look at where your team peaks, okay? So in my opinion, looking at Tennessee, and yes, everybody has injuries at this point. Kentucky's without its two guards. We're we're literally playing with six players. Uh, Tennessee is obviously out there, two guys. Um, But in, in reference to that, Teams that don't have the record like Tennessee does, which is 20 wins right now, you look at Kentucky. They've won six of their last eight, two of those wins against a top-10 Tennessee team. You look at Tennessee, they've lost four of their last five, I think six of their last seven. Five of the last seven. Yeah, okay, five of the last seven. Two of those were against buzzer beaters. I, 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 you know, ball can bounce any way it wants. But you got to see where your team rises and falls. And I think Tennessee fans are ticked off because y'all look so good in November and December and even the beginning of January. And now it's just like you guys have hit a brick wall. And I've seen this with Calipari. I have. You don't know how to fix it. Because when I watched that Tennessee game the other night, I forgot who y'all were playing and. um it wasn't, it wasn't Kentucky, it was uh, before then. Oh. Rick Barnes looked absolutely confused. He looked lost. Dude, he looked confused the other night on that last possession where he's just sitting there with his hands on his hips, and we waste seven seconds with 17 seconds left to get the ball across half court. I think maybe – I don't want to be like morbid here. You think maybe it's like a health issue we don't know about? I hope not. You know, I'm not going to say it's funny you bring that up, but – KSR, Matt Jones, brought that up about John Calipari earlier in the year after we lost to South Carolina because he had that same look on his face. The disgusted look, the I give up, the kids won't listen, whatever it is, Calipari has had that same look this year too. You know, 
I wonder how much longer I, I know Cal loves the recruiting game, but I wonder how much longer he truly like has left that he wants to go a hundred percent. Uh he said uh I, I can tell you that right now. In two years Kentucky will be looking for a coach. He said he's done at sixty five. He's sixty three years old. Calipari is sixty three years old. There he's old. He wow. looks he looks you think he was coaching at UMass in the nineties. I thought he was like fifty something. No, dude. Good Lord. He's coaching the he, NBA. Uh, he's an OG, man. Yeah. He's he's already come out and said it. Uh 65, he's done. Now, look, real quick on my way out, I've said it a long time ago, and I just saw it again by a sports writer. I'll take credit for it. You got the XFL, the USFL, the NFL. Now, I think, in my opinion, and a lot of others too, probably, you would get more viewership if those XFL or USFL teams had a farm team for the NFL. So if all three of them combined, right? The guys who don't get drafted, they get drafted by one of these USFL or XFL teams, and you may see them in the NFL in a couple of years after they develop. I don't hate that idea at all. You know, the NBA has the G League, and with baseball, MLB has AAA, AA, low A, high A, rookie ball. Like, there's so many different levels of baseball. And, of course, with the NBA, you've got the G League. There's not really one for the NFL. Yeah. So why not use those two? You have your XFL. When you first start out, you get bumped up to the USFL. And, you know, I mean, as a Titans fan, if a Kentucky kid gets drafted by a, let's say, a low A NFL team, I'm going to keep up with him. He might be playing for my Titans in a few years. I, I would watch it more. And something else they got to take into account with these is like, and you know this, TJ, you watch a little bit of NASCAR. Like, a lot of those leagues, like the USFL, the XFL, I feel like they're missing the target market. Like, missing it bad. Yes, absolutely. Because I'll tell you this, I didn't even know either one of them started last week or next week. I had no clue. No, nobody did. And think about this, TJ. A lot of their target markets are L.A. because of TV or wherever because of TV. TJ, the NFL can't even get full stadiums out in L.A. You think they're going to get an XFL team out there to actually Absolutely get people not. in the stands? Absolutely. Not. I guarantee you, Kentucky has no major league team. The closest one is either Cincinnati or uh, the Titans in Nashville. I guarantee you, if you put an XFL or a USFL in Lexington or Louisville or even an NBA team, in Louisville, oh, they'd sell out that stadium every single weekend. Well, even an NBA team in Cincinnati. Because, I mean, you got to yeah. think if you're in Kentucky, your closest teams, you can either cheer for the Cavs, the Pacers, the Grizzlies, or the Hornets. Like, you're basically right there in the middle of it. It's kind of like in Campbell County, where I'm from, when we're talking about the NFL, you're equal distance to the Titans as you are the Panthers, as you are to the Bengals, as you are to the Falcons. Same with baseball. You're equal distance to the Reds as you are to the Braves, and then you've got the Chicago Cubs farm system right here. Well, now it's in Knoxville, but, I mean, you get what I'm saying. It's like, where, like, where's the target market? Why are they not going to where it should be, where they know they're going to get viewership, where they know they're going to get people in the stands, where it's going to be able to keep the league funded? And that's been an issue with a lot of these leagues in the past is they've not been able to keep it up with the funding. But if you put it in the right city and you target the right crowd, People will show up. I mean, good God, TJ, we have the Knoxville Ice Bears here. 
People go to those games. Why? Because we like to drink beer and have fun. I completely agree. And look, I ain't even a Houston Astros fan, but the Fayetteville Woodpeckers are literally five minutes from my house. I have season tickets to them, and yes, it is low. It is one of the lowest a balls you can have in minor league baseball. But uh, but you know, it's fun. Hey, if I want a beer and watch some baseball, I'm going to the game and I'm spending money. So y'all have a good one, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate the phone call, TJ. That's actually a really good conversation to yeah. pivot off of. I'll, I'm, yeah, I, I think it. I think it do a lot of great things for the league, for the NFL, but it will also give incentive for these guys to actually go back and keep playing football for the XFL. Yeah. Yeah, I, I right now I have no interest. I know the XFL just started right, well, like last weekend, but I, I have no interest in it right now. So they need to do something. What to started XFL? Not even know about that. <laughs> well, their team names suck too. Like how how seriously you're supposed to take a team called the Sea Dragon? I don't even. What was the team name? I don't even know if it was XFL. Memphis had a team and they showboats. Yeah, Johnny Manziel played for them for like yeah. a month. I forgot what if he was even a part of a. XFL or USFL. I don't know what it was part of. I have no idea. But the tickets were like $2. I mean, let's be honest here, man. The um, NFL won't do that. They're not going to subsidize any of their leagues because the NBA already has a subsidized league in the WNBA, and you see how much money they make. Well, Goodell's really greedy also. Let's yeah. give as much money. It may, it may cost him money to fund. Yeah, may, that's the thing. He won't get an equal payback. Yeah, the money that it would cost for him to make those leagues into – like how baseball does it. Farm would, systems. Yeah, it would cost him more than he would make off of it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's... Does, I mean, I, what, does the G League make money? Probably not. I'm assuming they don't. I mean, the stupid Grizz, the Memphis Hustle games have like maybe 100 people in the maybe, stands. Maybe. I mean, it's like a Wednesday night game in South Haven. Who's at like 6 o'clock? Who's going straight from work to South Haven <laughs> to watch the Memphis Hustle play? Like, absolutely no one. Yeah, absolutely no one. But at the same time, if you have, like, a farm system from the Titans in Knoxville, like... Well, people go see the Redbirds. Like, a good amount of people go see the Redbirds. I mean, they have Paul DeJong. Uh, who else? Molina played a game for them this summer. Yeah, um, I mean... So, like, the... Ro- right, I don't even know how that works. So, like, let's say for some reason the Titans trade up and they draft Bryce Young. You get rid of Tannehill, get like the number one pick or whatever, and they draft Bryce Young. So will Bryce Young in this situation go to the farm system or will he just go straight? I know because that's not how I mean that's not how it works at MLB. Don't they have to go through they get drafted, then they go through the single A, double A, triple A, right? Yeah. It depends. I mean if you're just an all star, you're gonna be eighteen, nineteen years old, kinda like Bryce Harper or Steven Strasburg. You're gonna be playing you're yeah, playing in the they, show. They're gonna put you in triple A for a couple months and then bring you up basically. But now in college, like Bryce Young has been there for three years, yeah. so he's like twenty twenty one, and that's his 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 clock is ticking. So I don't know how that would yeah, work. Also, half those right. people that get drafted high up in the MLB are like what seventeen, eighteen years old. Some from high school, yeah, right. So some are straight out of high school. Some yeah. one year out of um, college ball. I mean, some do prep ball. I know. I don't, did Bryce Harper get to college? Bryce Harper, I'm pretty sure dropped out of high school. Yeah, he, yeah, he dropped out of high school. I think went to a prep school. But the reason I bring up the target markets, and I want you all to guess, and I know, Davis, you and Matthew, not big fans of NASCAR, but take a guess at what the top five markets are for NASCAR by uh, city. All in the South. Uh, I saw yes. I, I saw this. Birmingham, Alabama. That's one. That's number five. Atlanta, uh, Georgia. Nope. Charlotte. Um, Charlotte is number four. Um, N- Nashville, Tennessee. Nope. Uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. That's number one. 
Uh, Knoxville number one? Yes. Chattanooga? Nope. Is it in Louisiana? No. Oh, Texas. Mo- uh, Alabama. Uh, Mobile. I already said Birmingham. Mobile. Mobile. Uh, the last two are in North Carolina and South Carolina. Okay. Oh, uh, Raleigh? Nope. No, 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 no. Dome? No. Greensboro? Greensboro. Greensboro. That's Spartan- number two. Ah, you said Greensboro. Yes. Spartanburg. 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 Greenville and Spartanburg are number three. Okay. The reason I bring this up is, you know, we talk about the target market. Like, what would be the target market for an XFL team? NASCAR says that their target market or their biggest market is L.A. Why? You're getting more viewership out of Knoxville, Tennessee, which in the grand scheme of things is still it's tiny compared it's a to small LA. town. Yep. I mean, marketing 101, know your audience. And yep. Your audience is in L.A. Right. Your audience is Southerners. Hey, I'll tell you one thing, man. Beer. NASCAR is probably 100th on the list of maybe 1,000th on the thing list to do in L.A., on TV or anything, in, yeah, or anything in general. NASCAR, like Jake just said, number one. Here in Knoxville, like it's probably Tennessee athletics come first, and then probably NASCAR for a lot of people. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, obviously it's taken into account every surrounding county as well. So it's taken into account Sevier County, Anderson County, Campbell County, Scott County, places like that. But I mean, you got to think if that's your target market, then why not do the clash at Bristol, at Nashville, at not Nashville Super Speedway, but the old Nashville Fairgrounds half mile track. That would be a great place to host that. I mean, you can an- you can answer your own question because they want more money. <laughs> I'm so, I just They're don't. not getting yeah, more money. That's all they want. They want money. I just can't imagine. Like, didn't they open the season at the Coliseum? That's LA? their exhibition race, yeah. Like, I just can't imagine. Like, I don't even know. I-, I can't imagine anybody from L.A. going to a NASCAR race. Bryson, how many people would you say were in the stands that were, oh, yeah. that were native Californians? Well, that's the thing is, like, my dad was – he was dying to go. And, like, so I don't think – for a second that there was more than 25% California native people Two, in there. Well, how many, well my next question is how full do you think that place was? What, 20%? Yeah, it wasn't at all full. Well, I think it's like if they're not from L.A., though, where are they from? They're from they're NASCAR fans. Well, like, you got to think Fontana, they've got uh, California Super Speedway. That's actually where Jemai Meshack is from. They've got the two-mile track. That's where they're going this weekend. They've ran there for years and usually puts out a good product. Yeah. And they usually fill the stands. For that one, that was actually a good race. Well, and there's a big difference between Southern California and Northern California. Like, if you were to, yeah, you know, I'm sure the market's a lot better in Northern California than. Well, and think about this too: Las Vegas, for whatever reason, racing is huge in Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, why? Like, so they may. What did uh, the NASCAR say that they they were looking for? Their Los audience? Angeles, Chicago, so all, all, no, all, Northern, all these, all these liberal major cities. liberal cities that aren't going to show up for a NASCAR race if you paid them to go, basically. Ah, the fumes! The fumes! They're going to say it's like against... They're going to say this, this is uh, what accelerates global warming or oh something. Oh my god, the noise! Was there any of that? I mean, I, was there any of that talk about NASCAR coming? Were anybody pissed off about it? You know, the fumes or whatever? No, I don't, I don't think I'm so. sure. I'm there like, was complaints about Nashville Fairgrounds and the noise because... There are apartments right next to the track, and those people were complaining about the noise. It's like, okay, you're the one that signed a lease in an apartment right next to a damn racetrack. Do people show up to these races with like earmuffs on? Like, oh, I do. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, I didn't know. Loud. I didn't know. If you don't, you're not being. You're not going to hear for a week. I didn't know that was a thing because, like, at Grizzlies playoff game last year, this like grown woman had on like had little like uh, earbud, not the earplugs. Yeah, earplugs. Ah, the buzzer. She was mad about the noise. I'm like, if you're coming, you know it's going to be a loud, raucous environment. Like, don't sit there and complain about the noise. Don't don't complain. To tell you how loud it is, I live five miles from Charlotte Motor Speedway, and we can hear everything. Nice. I love that. Stay with us. Overtime continues. More of your phone calls coming up. 
Back here on Overtime Fan Run Radio, the NBA is back, and it is time to make our picks. Who is going to score 20-plus in the NBA tonight? You want us to go first? or Sure, go ahead. We'll give it to you. Embiid, 20-plus. That's fine. That's fine. Donovan Mitchell, 20-plus. Uh, give me Jason Tatum, 20-plus. I hate you. <laughs> uh, I have it in a parlay, so jaw. I thank you. We weren't going to pick him anyway. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. <laughs> ah, what did this report say? I think Jalen Brown is playing tonight. He is. Jalen Brown, 20-plus. Tyrese Halliburton, 20-plus. Luca, 20-plus. De'Aaron Fox. Last pick, Davis. Y'all are going super fast. Who said Luca? Me. Is he playing? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I thought that's who you were going to pick, uh, Jake, honestly. I'm going to go SGA 20-plus. Give me Ant 20-plus. I think I missed one of y'all's. So, y'all have Don Mitchell, Ja, Halliburton, Ant, and who's the fifth? Darren Fox. Yeah, Darren yeah. Fox, yeah, okay. You, you got you to just, if the Kings are paces to play, you just go ahead and put Tyrese Yep, yep, I already did, man, and before Fox. I even talked. Yep. <laughs> Ratio. Job. That doesn't apply. <laughs> <laughs> Get me Rex. What's up, Rex? Hey, fellas. How y'all doing? Pretty good, man. Well, I don't know what we're going to do about this basketball team because it's uh, it's, it's kind of crazy what's going on. Because, And I'll even say it, I, I'm not proud of this team. Oh, nah. none, of, none of us are. None of us are. I I support this team. I support it. Everyone listening to the sound of my voice will be following Tennessee sports long after Rick Barnes is gone and any of those guys over there are there. But, I mean, it's, they're 2-5 and five in a month when they start playing same-level competition, and it's not a talent issue because you just beat number one team. So, it's uh, – I think it's – you know, just that old school style, and I don't think they're having fun. I don't think the kids like being out there. I don't think they're enjoying it, and it shows. Yeah, I mean, we've been preaching on that for weeks now, and, you know, I brought up the point, too, earlier this week. It's like, you know, when it comes to football, when things go wrong, the first person you are going to put blame on is the head coach. And you praise the players when we win, you dog the coach when they lose. And there's been instances where we have blamed players for losses in football, but ultimately it falls back on the head coach. And as a coach, it's your job to facilitate all this. You have people saying, well, Rick Barnes is the one out there shooting the free throws. Well, Rick Barnes is the one out there shooting the three-pointers. It's like, okay, well, who's facilitating the practices? Who is scheming things up? Who's designing everything that we do? It's Rick Barnes. And he's the one making $6 million. Exactly. And, I mean, Jordan, one of our callers from last night, he said, you know, we're paying a guy $6 million, but you have a guy at Baylor and Scott Drew who's making $3 million a year that has made a Final Four. And won a national and championship. And won a national championship. Yep. I'm not even calling for Rick Barnes to be fired because he is a Hall of Fame coach. I wish he enjoyed being at Tennessee. I wish he was grateful to be here, which kind of feel like Tony Vitello and Heupel are. But that's okay. I'll overlook that because he's a Hall of Fame coach at the end of his life, and he's he makes us have good players and talented kids. But – you know, your job performance is based on expectations and what did you do with what you got, and he's underperformed. I'm not saying fire him. I'm not saying anything at all. I'm just saying that's a true statement. 
and I'm not proud of these kids who go out there and, oh, I don't, I'm not her. You know, you're five stars. You guys are five stars, and you're just kind of out there. Um, I'm not proud. I'm proud of people who want to be at Tennessee. I'm proud of people who go out and push through adversity. I'm not proud of people who just burn out and will all be gone in a couple years. Well, and, you know, you bring up a good point there. And Jemai Meshack is the prime example of somebody that wants to be here, that wants to get better. And over the course of the last few games, even though we have lost, he's probably been one of our most important players throughout this bad stretch. That's hardworking for sure. Exactly. I mean, you look at the Alabama game, he didn't score a single point. But he was easily the most important player on the floor that night. Best plus minus on the entire court. He plays like a young Tony Allen. Just like a baller out there, not necessarily the best shooter in the world, but just goes out and locks down D hustle and like a kind of like a, a dude, you know, a gritty guy, grindy. Is is grit, J- grit, grind grit? Yep. Is Jemai Meshack the only dude we have on this team now? Only basically? dog. Yeah, real live dude. I think is the official University of Tennessee saying. Real live dude. <laughs> nice. <laughs> is that really the same? <laughs> Isn't that what Eckler said about he needed real live dudes out there? He says like hashtag RLD. I guess that, that's, that's what it. it. Stands for. <laughs> yeah, real live yeah, dude. That's his thing. That's Eckler's real life dudes. I'll take it. I'll Look, run I'll, with it. Oh, wouldn't play it just uh, about the seven minute, seven or eight minute mark. Well, the other night was like I think Kamwa had the ball of like the three point line, and he, both Ziegler. And Vescovi are out there, and they just stop. I mean, you've got a seven-footer, and you have two of our – or two, I guess, they're our point guards. It's not even really clear who our point guard is. But they're right there by him, and they just lock down stop. I was like, these kids are either exhausted or they're playing afraid, stressed out, because there's no way that play should have happened. And then they get it, and they score a three, so that's like could be a six-point swing. It's definitely been uh... – I mean, it's been the most frustrating basketball season I've ever watched, without a doubt. I'm Rex. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I'm I'm about tired of it. I get frustrated every time I watch. You know, we go into a game that we should win and we lose. We go into a game that we should lose and we win. I'm losing money on this team. I got offered free tickets to go to this game on Saturday, and I'm not taking them. I'm giving them away to somebody. I mean, that's where my headspace is at with this team, man. I'm ready for baseball, too, because the weather's getting warmer. And there's just something more fun to watch college baseball because it's not perfect. You know, when you watch MLB, there's like one error a month, you know. But at the college level, there's, you're not necessarily going to know if it's going to be a perfect play. And it's just it's more fun to watch amateur sports like that. So I'm excited, too. We just need to win. That's all we need is to go out there and win. Rex, when are you coming back up here, man? Uh, I don't have it. Like, I don't have any plans anytime soon. But uh, my cousin's always out there. We'll get out there for the lake. That's for sure. This summer we'll be going. Hit me up when you come in and come up for a football game next fall. We'll have to sure. have another escapade like we had back this this past football season. Yeah, or if we were going to do an away game here for uh, the Virginia opener. I don't live too far from the stadium. I mean, I don't know. Can have. Everyone listening to overtime hang out in our backyard, but we can host some people. <laughs> I mean, we can go to a good place down there called Martin's Barbecue. I like that place pretty well. That's delicious. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, hundred percent would be happy to hang out with y'all. Whatever, get going. Whatever the September, we our September game. Well, is there a good September game on the football schedule? But I don't think there is a great one this year. Uh, Florida is not going to be great. We're going to walk the dog with them. Yeah, we're all going to be stressed one. out, wondering is who is this Joe Milton coming out? Because it won't really matter till it's down there in Gainesville, and that's when we're going to know. Which Joe Milton do we have? That's going to be it. Rex, we appreciate the phone call, man. We're out of time. Stay with us. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two of overtime coming up right here on Fan Run Radio.